Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Life in a Leo. I'm your host, Rebecca Dengrove, and this podcast is brought to you by Rebecca's Mom Leotards. You can find out more about this podcast on the Rebecca's Mom website at www.leotard.com. This week, I had the chance to chat with one of my fellow judges, Kathy Ortiz. Currently, Kathy is living in the Chicago area, but I got to know her when we both lived and judged in New Jersey together. Kathy is a phenomenal judge and really understands the sport and what to look for. She is well-respected by her peers throughout the sport, which is highlighted by the fact that Kathy is, has judged NCAA National Championships four times and was part of the bars panel at the recent 2018 Nastia Liukin Cup. There are some other really fun facts about Kathy that we discussed during the episode. So let's get into the show. Today on Life in a Leo, I'm speaking with a good friend of mine and a fellow judge, Kathy Ortiz. Thanks for joining me, Kathy. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, Kathy, why don't we start with your origin story? How did you get into the sport of gymnastics? Well, I first was in dance, and in dance we did acro as well, and I basically liked the acro part better than the dance part, and then <laughs> I, was, I was driving my mom crazy because I was using the back of couches to flip on. I was flipping outside. I'd see stuff on TV and try to imitate it. We had a swing set that I'd taken all the swings off and you know would swing, be swinging on the bar there. And she's like, I got to get this kid into something. <laughs> and then I was really high energy. Uh -huh. And so she took me to the, I was at the doctor's, I, probably for a physical. And she mentioned that, you know, I, I had a lot of excess energy. And he said, basically, get her into a sport or medicate. And she was against medicating. So she started searching for gymnastics, which it wasn't really common. When I went into gymnastics, a lot of people thought it was a foreign word because it was back in the early 70s and nobody knew what it was. Actually, wow. I started in uh, 68. That's how old I am. So <laughs> wow. there weren't very many clubs around then. <laughs> and where were you living at that time? I lived in Columbus, Ohio. And so when you finally found a gym, how far did you guys have to travel? Well, it, it ended up, we were very lucky. A woman who had been runner-up to the Olympic team in the, for 64 mm -hmm. had, uh, was working in the rec centers around Columbus. And there was a recreation center that was about 15 minutes away. And she ended up moving like everything there. All the athletes that she wanted to train and um, stuff was at that. So that was very convenient. Then she moved because her husband was in the Army. And we ended up going to a place that was about a half hour away. And I would take the bus. Oh, wow. And, and then uh, he ended up opening a private gym. And that was about 20 to 30 minutes away as well. So oh, that's not too bad. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no, especially nowadays where there's so much traffic, it takes you that long to get anywhere anyway. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think gymnastics has evolved a lot over the years. What was it like? What were, you know, I don't think it was levels at that time, right? So right. give us a little bit of history on what your sort of path through the sport was like and what level or classes you were competing. Well, like you said, we didn't have classes. I never did a compulsory routine until nationals, basically. Wow. Um, we just... You know, you would compete optionals, and as you got greater skills, your optional level routine 
just grew and we we didn't have competitions in our area. We always had to travel. Cleveland was one of the closer places or Chicago or down to Lexington. Yeah, you know, we were or Louisville. So we kind of traveled in that uh, almost like region five Midwest kind of area for meats. We we went to Noblesville, Indiana quite a few times. So, wow. you know, we, we always had to travel. So consequently too, we didn't do as many meets as some kids do now. We might compete five meets a year or something, not a dozen. Uh-huh. And how did you sort of progress through the sport? Like where were there benchmarks for certain skills you needed to perform in a competition? Well, you still had qualifications. We still had state meets and regionals and, and nationals. So you you went through those different meets. And, you know, as a gymnast, I just kind of did what my coach told me and said, okay, now <laughs> we're going here. Now we're doing this. And it was like, all right, let's do it. Uh-huh. So what but, kind of skills were you doing? As far as hard, you have to remember that the equipment was a lot different. Yep. For instance, um, we competed on wood floors, just like a, a basketball court type floor. Wow. And we competed on wood beams and our rails on bars were wooden. And we did what you called wrapping the bar, which yep. meant that uh, you hit the bar with your hips. The vault was just a loose leaf spring board. It didn't have the springs that they currently have. It was like a piece of wood that you hit. Mm -hmm. um, and so my big skills, I did, I did a Corbett flip on the bars. I actually read it in a magazine and decided to try it. So I was doing it before uh, she did it in the Olympics. And I did beat drop handstands, toe front dismount. So that was kind of the stuff on bars. Uh -huh. we, didn't, we didn't do giants and stuff like that. I did a lot of dislocating. I was a good, um, I was good at dislocating. So that was common in my routine. Wow. And then um, balance beam, my, um, we didn't have, well, my big series, which sounds really stupid now, <laughs> I did a handstand pirouette, forward roll, back handspring. And then I had a standing back tuck and an aerial cartwheel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. On the, I couldn't imagine landing a standing back on a wood beam. That's got to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you just did it because there wasn't like any other thought process that you would do it anywhere else. You uh -huh. know? That was just the equipment. But it's funny, I was at a meet where the first girl from the U.S. did an aerial cartwheel at Dell Gleaves. The whole gym stopped to watch her compete this aerial cartwheel. <laughs> and she did it, but she fell. Uh -huh. But she got like a standing ovation for even attempting it. So oh that was, that's pretty funny. And then um, vault, all I did was like a handspring full. Uh-huh. And that was just kind of what you did then. And then floor, I had a full. Wow. So that was it. What was your favorite event? Well, my favorite event was bars because I never missed. I, I had a lot of confidence on bars. I knew I would hit my routine and, and I liked it. It was fun swinging around. I also really enjoyed floor exercise because I was kind of a show off. So I liked <laughs> the um, center stage, you know, performance value of floor. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. Beam was my weakest. So I worked twice as hard on beam. <laughs> uh-huh. I was a very quick twitch, fast kind of person. And back when I was a gymnast, it was more classical ballet type movement. 
So my coach all the time on beam was like, slow down, slow down. So I learned <laughs> to sing a song in my head that was kind of a slow song to try to keep myself paced better. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> Do you remember what the song was that you'd sing or would you change it up? It was, it's, it's stupid. It was Bridge Over Troubled Water. <laughs> <laughs> How far did you end up getting in the sport? Nationals. Uh -huh. I, I competed at nationals. There were a few meets that had some international gymnasts at it, but basically um, they were kind of like what we have now is invitationals. Uh huh. The thing about nationals that was kind of fun is that the boys and the girls did their nationals at the same location. So you got to meet guys as well as um, <laughs> That's always fun. Coaches didn't like it so much, but it made it a little more interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. So is that like the same as the U.S. Nationals coming up here in August or is it more like a J.O. Nationals? Like what was the equivalent? Um, we had all the Olympians there. So I mean, oh, so I like national championships. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, it was a little bigger than that. All our meets, you would show up in the morning and you didn't leave until late in the day. They didn't have them uh, quite as tailored as they do now. Just everybody showed up and everybody competed. We had one regional meet uh, that we showed up at seven in the morning and then competed throughout the day and it ended at two the following morning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's insane. It is insane. <laughs> but that's what you did. You just stayed in the gym until it was your turn to go. Wow. Did you have a lucky leotard or a favorite leotard that you always were? remember competing in or training well, in? I did it and our leotards were ugly but <laughs> we have now are, are really nice. I didn't necessarily have a lucky leotard but we had one leotard that was hot pink with purple trim and I thought that one was really cool. <laughs> Actually nice. I painted my room hot pink with purple too because I thought <laughs> it was such a neat. I, I don't know I just thought it was cool. <laughs> uh-huh those well hot pink is one of my favorite colors so I'm with you on that. <laughs> and then when did you start judging? I started judging when I returned from the circus in 1977. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's take a step back. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience in the circus? What happened was when I was a sophomore in high school, I blew out my knee. So I, I tried to go back into the sport, but the knee just wasn't solid enough. The surgery wasn't as advanced as it is today. I went to college my first year, and they had a circus arts performing class, and I thought, cool, I'll try it. Sounds like fun. <laughs> I loved it. And then I'm in between semesters, I'm waiting tables, and I'm telling someone about how, you know, I really like this circus arts class, and da-da-da. Well, his wife had been in the circus with Ringling Brothers and with the Flying Wallendas in particular. Oh, wow. And he said, why don't you come to my house and meet my wife and, you know, just whatever. So I went to Indianapolis. That's where he was from and his wife lived. And we talked and she got Carl Wallenda on the phone and we talked. And he asked me to come down during my spring break and to bring some pictures and stuff. So I brought pictures down of me doing different things like, walking up the steps in a handstand and, you know, I had splits on the high wire and stuff like that. And he decided to take me in. So at the end of the semester, I went down to Florida and started performing with the Wallendos.
Oh my gosh, that's so cool. It wasn't super long. It was about six months and then I messed up my knee again. So mm. I came home and decided to go back to school. And <laughs> at the same time, there was an ad in the newspaper saying that they needed gymnastic judges. So it was like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> oh, that's great. So when you started judging, were you in Ohio at the time? I was. Got it. How have you seen the sport evolve? Do you feel like you've had any, because you started judging back in the 70s, did you have any influence over any of that? Or is it always sort of been based out of Indiana with USGF and then USAG? And I think it's been more based out of Indiana. I don't think I had a whole lot of influence. Hopefully the influence I've had is that, you know, we're, cons we're getting more consistent and, um, like just educating fellow judges and, yep, you know, that way. But I have, I didn't have anything to do with what went on in Indianapolis. Right. All of the rules. Yep. 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 <laughs> Were you ever, did you ever hold a committee position like a state judging director or anything like that? Um, not in USAG. I've done education. I, I've done education in several different states. So that would be a committee member type of position. Uh huh. In high school gymnastics, I was president and rules interpreter for the state of New Jersey. And I was also represented the region at nationals for rules interpretation. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> what's, well, thank you. What's your favorite event to judge? Bars. <laughs> Do you think it's because of how much you liked performing or competing as a gymnast or, or I, go ahead i think it's some of that and i think it's also um it's the most challenging event because it goes fast and i like the challenge and when you're figuring out a start value it's kind of like figuring out a puzzle you know like what did they do what does that fulfill because bars is fast there's a little bit more of a challenge yep yep uh that's sort of that's what i like too <laughs> <laughs> And you've had the, the opportunity to judge a lot of really big meets through your career as a judge. What are some of the biggest meets that you've gotten to judge? Well, I was really privileged to judge the Nastia Liukin Cup this last year. So that was, that was a lot of fun. That was a really, really nice meet. And I was on bars, so that even made it better. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then I was also, I've also judged collegiate nationals on four different occasions. Wow. And that's that's just a real privilege too because it's primo gymnastics with very few faults. It's just a delight. I feel like I've I do feel like I've had opportunities. I've gone to Barbados a couple times and judged down there and I've been to Mexico. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Wow. What are the when you judge something like NCAA Nationals, I feel and when all the athletes are at such a high caliber like that. How do you find you and your panel figure out sort of the differentiation and, you know, the, sometimes as a, a fan, it, it seems like maybe the scores get all bunched up at the top. Well, they kind of do because we can only use the tools that we're given to separate. Yep. It depends on your perspective. Some people feel like the tools are just fine because then the person who hits is the person who's going to win. Some, some of us, we would like a few more tools to separate because there are some really high caliber gymnasts doing a lot of difficulty 
And it's hard to separate them from the ones that are just fulfilling the requirements. Right, right. But I, I think we find that in USAG as well. Yeah. Well, I think with some of the new rules that USAG put in place this year with this new cycle, we have a few more tools to help us differentiate that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out once everybody starts competing. Right. And I absolutely agree with you on that. It'll be interesting to see which rules NCAA adopts. Yeah. With the Nastia Liukin Cup, was that a four panel? No, it was only a two panel. Oh, wow. I know. Surprising. Yeah. It was, it was only a two panel. Okay. And so there was definitely pressure to, to get it right. Uh-huh. I mean, I think there's always pressure to get it right. I never want to be wrong. Right. A high profile meet like that that's being televised, you know, you, you really don't want to screw up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you feel like you've taken things away from the sport that you're able to apply to your life outside of gymnastics? Oh, yeah. I think that, well, doing gymnastics gives you, well, one, it teaches you tenacity to keep working for goals and to never give up. Yep. And um, I think it teaches you respect for yourself as far as your, your body and taking care of it and knowing that you have a, you possess a skill that a lot of other people can't do so that when you're in a situation that maybe you're not as gifted at in your head, you can think, well, maybe they're better than me at this, but I can flip better than them or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it gives you a certain confidence. Yep. Yep. And you, of course, you learn like time management. It, it does a lot of things, you know, just learning to reach goals. I think everything that you learn in gymnastics can be applied to life and work. You know, you have teammates that you have to get along with and <laughs> discipline. I mean, there's a, a wealth of attributes that you can gain from doing gymnastics. Yep. I agree. And what do you think when you're judging, what are the like some of the things you try to think about? Well, I, I want to get it right. I try to. It's not just about coming up with a score, but it's also about ranking the athletes properly and having the right amount of distance between the scores that reflect the performance. I work really hard on focusing and hopefully entertained as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you take time to prepare before meet? Oh, absolutely. I review and and I'll study, you know, just try to be as prepared as I can. Usually, you know what event you're on before you go in to judge a meet. Yep. So that you you just review that event or sometimes two events depending on the type of meet that you're judging. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What are some of your, we're, we're getting close to the end here, so I have a couple more questions for you. Okay. What are some of your favorite things to do outside of gymnastics? Things I like to do outside of gymnastics, I love to play with my dog. He's a lot of fun. He's still, he's only a year and a half and he's a golden doodle, so he's very playful. <laughs> I like to dance. I like, as far as like favorite food, I like pizza. Um, <laughs> And what I, kind I of dancing do you I, do? Um, we, my husband and I started doing ballroom dancing. Oh, so, I love it. So we do a little bit of ballroom dancing and just, you know, just having a little bit of fun. Nice. Um, and then, uh, you know, like, like I said, as far as like food, I like pizza and I like salmon a lot. 
Uh-huh. And of course you got to have some chocolate. So Yep. <laughs> are you are you a Chicago style pizza or a New York style pizza? Person? New York style. <laughs> New York style. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the last question I have for you is what does life in a Leo mean to you? Well, it means having a great time and having great friends. Whether I'm in a whether I was in a leotard and those were the friends that I hung out with and, and doing gymnastics was always um, the process. Everything about gymnastics was fun for me. I just loved it. I drove my mom crazy if I wasn't in the gym. <laughs> and then, you know, judging, I'm not in a Leo anymore, but I still have great friends through judging like you. And still enjoy the sport and have fun. And I don't know. It's just wonderful. Gymnastics has always been my whole life, whether I was a coach, a gym owner, a judge, a gymnast. It's all been great. Like I've enjoyed every aspect. I think the hardest was to change from being an athlete to a coach and a judge because now it wasn't about me. It was Mm -hmm. about the gymnast, you know, and I had to make that transition. Mm -hmm. But um Yeah, every part of gymnastics has been wonderful. I love it. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I love that Kathy got to perform with the Flying Willindas. How cool is that? That's such a unique experience. If you have any feedback or comments you want to share with us, please reach out. You can always reach me at Rebecca at Leotard.com. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It helps people find the show and we really appreciate all the feedback. Hope everyone is enjoying their summer. Keep working hard, stay hydrated, and don't forget to point your toes.